Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Welcome back to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. I'm super excited about my guest today. This is part two of uh, the things to be aware of for insurance. So I think it's very timely. It's the end of the year. A lot of people look at their documentation and kind of get an inventory of everything that's going on. So Mr. Richard Sharman, or is it Sir Richard? Have you been knighted yet by by the queen? No, she did chase me around with a sword once. Uh, I don't think it was to knight me. All right. Well, we got we to gotta work on that because I think Sir Richard Sharman would just sound so awesome. But Richard Sharman is an awesome name anyway. So thank you so much for taking time to come back and get into some more details and a little more nitty gritty. And I just want to remind everybody that you can hop over to the YouTube channel if you want to see the actual pictures of what Richard is showing. But we're going to do our best to talk about the documentation and say, here's what, and give you a mental visualization. And then uh, we can follow it up with the physical one on YouTube. So all right, I'm going to hand it over to you because I know there's a lot of information. So thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule, not once but twice for us. Uh, oh, no, my pleasure. Thanks for having me back, uh, Kim. Um, I'm somewhat new as a potty, so uh, Kim has walked me through uh, some expectations that for the podcast itself, obviously it's audio and you can hear me. And as to her uh, directions, I will be showing up uh, some documents, and primarily what we're going to talk about, or at least address today, is your auto policy. What does it look like? What does it say? What interpretations are in there if you ever get a chance to read it? And after this, I'm hoping that you'll go digging for that policy in your uh, in your vehicle or whatever storage area you've got it and take a look at it. Um, I, I would I would venture to say most people don't have their policy in the vehicle. That's just the card. But maybe that is where it should go. So you know where to find it, unlike myself that you asked for. So pull out if you're near your computer or your your house where your policy is, pull it out and kind of play along and 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 maybe view it well. There's yeah. That. You know, the unfortunate thing is most of us receive a deck page and cards either in the mail or you can go to them um, online at your, uh, your insurance company's uh, online site and you can download those and print them. Very rarely 
is the entire policy delivered. And I find that a little bit strange um, as it is a contract and you actually should have that. So if you're just getting the deck page, and what I mean by a deck page, it's a declarations page. And I'm currently sharing a piece of that up um, if you go to the, oops, if you go to the U. Uh, YouTube page. Uh, essentially, the declarations page just goes over your uh, your coverages. And as you probably well know, there are state limits to certain coverages and whatever other I don't options. think people know that because I wasn't aware of that. Why? Can you explain that a little bit about that? There are state limits. Yeah, there are uh, imposed state limits on specific areas of coverage. Liability, uh, property damage liability is one. You have to have a specific amount of coverage for liability. The state dictates it, and it can range from 15000 up to 20000 25000 30000 You check. Uh, you have to check with your specific states to find out what those limits are. Bodily injury is another limit that you have to carry, liability bodily injury. So there's a liability coverage if you, for whatever reason, are in an event to which you're at fault and create property damage, whether it be automobile uh, or other properties, you have to carry a specific limited amount. And for our purposes right here, um, I'm going to put 100000 on it. Most states are, are really, really low, 15000 15000 10000 So you have a limit that you need to carry as far as liability. You have no limits on first-party coverage for your own property. Uh, property damage and bodily injury liability has a state minimum that you absolutely have to carry. That help? It does very much. Okay. Thank you. Okay. The document that I've currently got up is a little bit of a, a, a heavy, a heavier document. It's got uh, 250 to 500,000 body, uh, bodily injury coverage, 100,000. Uh, now, this one tells me that the policy is probably with somebody who's got a lot of personal assets, whether they've got another business. But to carry these limits um, of 250,000 for bodily injury, 500,000 per claim um, tells me that this person's got probably significant amount of personal assets or properties. Liability coverage on the document that we're looking at, again, bodily injury. What is my responsibility to that person that I've injured? And we're just going to use a liability component of a 100%. I don't want to get into the details of comparative negligence. But um, I'm completely at fault of this. My insurance company is there to indemnify me and protect me up to $250,000 per person or $500,000 per loss. What does that mean? That means if there are 12 people in that vehicle, they have up to $25,000, uh, $250,000 of personal to a limit of 500. So you can see the complications if you've got multiple persons that are hurt in an, in an event that you're at fault for. So I'm I'm thinking right now, I'm not driving anybody in my car anymore. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the more person, well, either that or you have a lot more coverage for it. So what happens in that particular case, if you've got multiple people, that $500,000 would be taken and applied across all of those people that are making a claim against you. And what does that do? That exposes your personal assets. So if you've got multiple persons that are hurt in, a, in either your vehicle where you're at fault or another person's vehicle uh, where you're at fault and you've got only a $500,000 or 
state minimum, $25,000. It's now up to the insurance company to decide on whether they want to release you from any other charges or not. And that's when you get into background checks. The insurance company's going to do asset checks on you. And I don't want to get too deep into that aspect of it. I primarily want to just focus on the declarations page and what it's what it says to you. So we got the bodily injury piece. You've also got the property damage piece. And in this one, on the document that we have, 100,000, which means if um, an event that I'm at fault for, I have up to $100,000 in coverage for all parties that I damage property. If it exceeds that, again, the insurance, my insurance company is going to try and get me out of it by settling for the total uh, policy limit. Again, I don't want to get too deep into that. Medical payments on my document means they are medical payments for you. Uh, this one has $10,000, which means you have $10,000 of medical payments once you provide supports and evidence. So you've got co-pays, doctor's bills. Once you provide all those, um, you can get recovery up to $10,000. Comprehensive and collision do not have limits. They have limits by virtue of the value of your property. So if I'm driving a 2021 BMW, whatever that current marketplace value is, is what my limit is. And this where it gets a little funky within your policy, and we'll mm -hmm. try to cover some of that a little later. But comprehensive, uh, comprehensive is the same way. Collision comprehense, comprehension. What do they mean? Uh, collision, uh, by definition, is when you collide with another object. Now, it can get a little strange on an interpretation once you get into your policy. Uh, falling object is not a collision. Uh, in most policy, running over something can be construed, and this is where interpretations get a little funky. I'm going to use a tire blowout as an example. Some insurance companies... Well, see, I was thinking a wily e. Coyote dumping the boulder, but okay, we'll go with a tire. <laughs> well, uh, the boulder, airborne boulder or an airborne particle or an airborne, uh, airborne object is pretty easy to define as an airborne object or projectile. Here's where it gets a little complicated for interpretation, Kim. Um, I'm driving down the road and I run over something that, uh, that results in my tire to blow out. Okay. okay. I lose control and I hit something. A lot of insurance companies are going to say, hey, you know what? That's a collision loss subject to your $500 deductible. Other, uh, your, your comprehensive policy may have a $50 deductible. And within that comprehensive definition, there is explosion. Okay. So what we got to think about is what's the causation of this loss? Is it the nail? No, not really. Is it the explosion or blower of my tire? Or is it the actual impact with another object? Well, a lot of insurance companies are going to go with the impact because that's what they want to go with because your deductible is 200, 100 or whatever it is, thereby it, it, um, it uh, diminishes the, uh, the exposure on that coverage. When we think about this, what's the real causation of this damage? Not the nail. Yes, it punctured the tire, but the causation is the explosion or the blower of the tire. That's your defense when you go back at the insurance company and says, hey, it's a collision that's subject to your $1,000 deductible. Not so fast. That's a result of my tire blowing out, and by definition, it's an explosion. 
This is where you've got to understand your policy, and we'll get into it a little further. But just an example of what's in your uh, in your policy as far as what's covered and what's not covered, what's excluded, and what your limits of liability are. Okay, let me just finish going down the deck page real quick because this is a really funky one. Car rental. Most of you may have car rental on your policy or you think you've got car rental on your policy. You need to take a look at your deck page and find out what that is. In this particular one, you'll notice that there's 80% per day, 500 max. So you've got a $500 maximum on your policy to rent a car, but the insurance company is only going to pay 80% of it per day. Okay. Another little angle for your rental, and this, again, is going to be uh, a case-by-case for individual insurance companies. I've got $40 a day up to $2,000 in my rental coverage. On the surface, that tells you you can only spend $40 a day. Okay. But if this goes forward through a legal process, and again, I'm not legally trained, nor do I provide legal advice. However, I can give you experience um, based upon my knowledge and experience with the insurance industry and best case scenarios when this particular case is presented to an insurance company. $40 a day up to $2,000. If this gets pushed to where somebody, an arbitrator, takes a look at it, the bottom line here is my policy limit, not the per day. So I could potentially go out and rent a vehicle for $100 a day. Uh, my total cost on it is $1,500 on a $2,000 policy limit. The insurance company could say, hey, no, 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 no. We're only going to give you $15 a day for 10 days. Not so fast. I have a policy limit up to $2,000. I have a right to that $2,000 regardless of how you put it into your policy. And they'll cite it, but if it gets pushed, arbitrary or bench of arbitrary arbiters that take a look at it, you'll get reimbursed because it's within the policy limit. So if I wanted to just go rent a Lamborghini for a couple of days or something and, and blow out my whole policy, whatever the dollar amount is in a day or two, I could. You absolutely could. And you would have a right to recover your total policy limit. That wouldn't be the smart move, everybody. I'm not no, suggesting no, that. No, no, because some insurance companies are going to push and push and push, and you're going to make a lot of hard work for it. But the end game here is what's your policy limit? I don't care um, what's contained with it. What's my policy limit? And that's where an arbitrator or a, a, a legal process is going to look at this. They're going to throw out the minutiae. What's the policy limit, ABC Insurance Company? Well, it's $2,000. What's your customer's invoice? 1500 Pay it. Case closed. Okay. Love it. Bodily um, uninsured, underinsured. That's a uh, that's a little bit of a strange thing. Okay, can- this is such a hot topic, I think, and I and I hear from people sometimes that carry the minimum because they say, oh, if the the more you have, the more they sue you for. So you're actually paying more for more premiums for other people to get more money from you. And so it prevents a lot of people from getting probably the limits that they should be because they think that just get somebody else rich. What what are you say on that? Yeah. Your policy limit should be based upon what your assets have, what you 
your assets are. Don't kid yourself. Uh, the insurance company is going to take a look at your assets. They're going to take a look at what they can recover, what they have legal rights to recover. Um, your home could be exposed. Your business could be exposed. Any of those things can be exposed if they find that you've got assets. Um, so you got to make some personal decisions there, Kim. Yes, do you save a lot of money on a 15, 25 minimum or a $10,000 property damage minimum? Of course you do. But what are you exposing is the question. And don't kid yourself, the insurance companies will come after you if they decide that you've got some funds. Thank you for clearing yeah. that up. Yep. Yeah. Um, underinsured, uninsured uh, motorists is the other one that has a limit to it. What does that mean? Uh, uninsured, underinsured bodily injury is the primarily th primary thing you're going to find in the declarations page. It's rare, but there are underinsured and uninsured property coverage as well, which means if somebody hits you, and they've only got state <laughs> policy state limits of $10,000 and you got a $50,000 vehicle, you've got some additional coverages that will take care of your vehicle. Uninsured, underinsured bodily injury, same thing. Um, if the other party that strikes you has minimal coverages and there's no personal assets, you have now coverage on your own policy to recover additional bodily injury, injury compensation for an underinsured person or an uninsured person that's involved and at fault for a loss. So I'm sorry, I, if anybody's watching, I'm like smiling, almost giggling, and I'm not, this is a serious conversation, and I'm not giggling at you, but a few years ago, going to a baseball game in Miami, I was rear-ended in my little BMW convertible by a gal on like a Vespa, who was carrying a giant loaf of bread in one arm and texting on the other. And I watched her come up behind me and I'm like, how is she texting and carrying that bread and steering? And that little darn thing gave a lot of damage and she was not insured. So mm -hmm. yeah, there's that's, that. That's the uninsured piece. And let's say you were hurt um, and you've only got a thousand dollars of medical coverage on your policy. If you were hurt uh, that breaches that $1,000, guess where that additional money is coming from? Your pocket. Um, and I had two other people on the car, so luckily they weren't hurt. I mean, okay. we didn't, you know what I mean, get hurt, but I mean, yep. that could have really turned into a big thing on my policy because they didn't have insurance, right? Uh, well, see, and that's a good question. Um, you're not liable for anything that's not your, your fault. So your policy wouldn't have come into play here unless it had uninsured medical injury. Now it would help your passengers and you out. But if not, remember, it's a liability bodily injury, and you're not at fault for that loss. So the Vespa hitting you, injuring your other parties, they would not have had an opportunity to claim from your policy because you were not at fault. Now, uninsured? Absolutely. That would take care of you and your passengers. So that's exactly, that's a good point on and what that does. Okay. Underinsured would be the same thing. If she just had uh, limits, uh, low limits um, and your passengers and you were hurt to the ex uh, beyond the extent of your medical pay, your uninsured or underinsured, sorry, would take care of additional costs up to that limit. I know there's a lot of information coming in a very, very short period of time. So I apologize. Maybe we should do three of these. Maybe, because this is just crazy. It's, I mean, it's so confusing. It's just so confusing. 
what all of those things are for and why you need them and why it's so important for people to pull out their policy. And if they don't know what every single thing on here covers, they need to sit with their agent, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, deductibles. Uh, there are only two, or in this case, there are three, if you want to consider the 80-20 split on the rental as part of a deductible or a copay. But uh, normally your policy will only have two deductibles, one for your collision and one for your comprehensive coverages. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's kind of a high-level look at what a deck page is and what it tells you, um, and not in too much depth, just a kind of a high-level look. Um, what I want to jump to real quick for those that can access the uh, the documentation I'm showing up right now, what is called your auto poly poly policy easier. Now, this is an abbreviation. I think our policy should be named Polly. As a matter of fact, I'm going to speak to all of my insurance policies as Polly's going forward. I thank you for that. My pleasure. Uh, and this gives you a nice little uh, breakdown, a very, very high level cliff note kind of reader's digest breakdown. And it makes you feel all warm and fuzzy that you're covered. You've got all the good things in place. All right. Now, what I'm going to show up real quick here. All right. This is an auto policy uh, body or a breakdown, not just a deck page. This is the encompassing definitions um, and explanation of what your policy uh, covers, what it doesn't cover. If you get a chance, read the whole thing. But what I want to um, focus on in this particular document is page 10 and page 12. Exclusions. What? So it might not be 10 and 12 on their policies, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, just, yeah, just as we're visualizing it, it's line 10 and 12. But within your uh, individual policy, all you need to look for is exclusions and limits of liability, and they are under each different segment. So you're going to have a ton of them. There's going to be a lot of exclusions and a lot of limits of liability. Okay. What you say? There's exclusions in my policy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see, liability to others. That's I'm just going to focus on this one because we don't have a lot of time, Kim, but I'm just going to focus on exclusions under liability to others. So just to recap about that, for those that may not be seeing this, when you look at your policy for each section of your insurance, there there is a little breakout, a little table of contents. And under each section, there's exclusions and, and limits of liability. So you are going to right now be talking about which one? I'm going to refer to the limit of liability to others. Okay. Which means if I'm at fault during an event, this is the what covers it and this is what's excluded from it and what's the limits of liability within that particular coverage are, okay? Okay. <laughs> you think you're covered, right, gang? All right. Uh, let's go down. All right. Here we go. All right. Uh, and it says right on the policies to read the following <laughs> exclusions carefully. It does indeed. And But we don't do that. I'm of curious how not. many people do read it. I'm yeah. going to tell you. I'm I Up until our conversation, I don't and didn't. Okay. So we've got this wonderful coverage called liability on bodily injury. So if we're doing something where somebody gets hurt, whether in our vehicle or another party, we've got coverage. Not so fast. Um, are we using our vehicle as maintenance or use trailering another vehicle? Are we carrying a person 
or property for compensation or a fee, you don't have coverage. If you're car- so right now, if you're towing your kid's car back or a trailer with couches on it or something, that's an exclusion in here, and so is the the fee. So that would be if you had Uber, Lyft, you gave somebody a ride to the airport and you charged them fifty bucks, whatever. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, this one's easy, obviously. Ride share, uh, we know that. And that also, don't think that this one we just talked about, carrying persons or property for compensation of a fee is ride sharing. It's not. Remember, right here, carrying property for compensation or a fee. And you can define that however you want. But if you're carrying something for a fee or you're going to get compensated on it, uh, and that comes out in your declaration or your uh, interview, um, on what took place in the accident or the loss, you've just shot yourself in the foot. Because and can no that problem. also be like a trade of labor? Would that be considered? Like sometimes I see people say, I am going to give them this couch or whatever because I want their toolbox. And so I'm going to deliver this couch for them and they're going to give me the toolbox. Would that be considered a payment? Uh, well, it's 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 an, it's subject to interpretation, Kim. Okay. And it's going to be subject to whether the claim adjuster interprets it that way or you can offset it with your own arguments. The, these aren't uh, black and white. They're everything that's in our policy and pretty much anything legal is subject to interpretation. Holy cow. Okay. Bodily injury to an employee of that insured person arising out of or with the course of employment. All right. So I jump in my, uh, instead of using a business vehicle, I jump into my personal vehicle. I'm going to take one of my employees to do something. If I get involved in an event to where I'm at fault, my medical coverage will not cover him. And quite frankly, it may not even cover me. We see that a lot in our industry because sometimes for, for several reasons, sometimes it's the shop truck or vehicle is, is getting repaired or maintenance. So the owner throws the keys to go pick up a part or goes in their vehicle to get it. And sometimes I see them do it because it's cheaper to insure it, just keep it on their house insurance than the the business. And for whatever reason, that's clearly not a good idea. And I and I see this happen a lot. Yeah. There, there are so many. And for those that are listening, if I'm scrolling down, there are 17 areas of exclusion under just the liability bodily injury uh, coverage. Section. That's crazy. Yep. Limits of liability are going to be a little bit more condensed, but it's something that you need to take a look at. Um, let's take a look here. While you're looking at that, there's just, there's so many things. You really have to have a, a knowledgeable professional and try to find an agent that you could sit down across from the desk with and and at least in the beginning do that. I know a lot of people have switched to online insurance and other things, but my goodness, there's a lot of stuff in here to to ask questions about and be explained and yeah, and, and just remember the uh, limits of liability here. There are about three different areas that uh, you'll be impacted over six different types of sub coverages. And just remember that all of the segments within your policy have these in them. They're going to differ. They're going to be a little different. Uh, but if you've got uh, six or seven, eight uh, segments within your policy, you've got 16 
different areas of limits, liability, and exclusions that all have probably 13, 14, 15 items in there that are excluded if you're doing certain items uh, with your uh, with your vehicle. I, I'm so happy that you mentioned that because I, I think that most of us think of the policy as a sort of a kitchen sink. And if we have this rental situation or this liability or this whatever, that that applies to everything that happens with our vehicle. But just that little bit that you showed us, there's there's a subsection of a subsection of a subsection and every little thing pertaining to what could happen has its own section of here's what. So it's not a just a blanket kitchen sink. No, so. not at all. Um, and this is just a main. This is a mainstream. What we call a standard insurance company. It's a bigger insurance company. Once you get into your smaller insurance companies uh, that we refer to as non-standards, the exclusions get even bigger. They uh, they can go as far as even have a stated driver policy to where if you're not stating a driver, uh, anything that that vehicle is used for is not covered. Some of them have uh, a relationship exclusion that if a relative of yours is not living or dwelling in the same household that you are listed the vehicle at, they're not covered under it. Just so many things that you need to be aware of uh, before you jump in that car and drive off, which you think is a blanket safety insurance policy. I had a thing one time with my son was living, was still living with me and he didn't, my that one particular vehicle, he did not drive. And because he, and he had his own vehicle and he had whatever, but because his address, he was living in my house. I had to put him on my policy as a, as a, driver. And they said, we don't care if he never drives it. And he he's in your house. He has to be on the policy. Yep. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of insurance come back that too. You've got to state uh, parties. And in some, most cases it's parties that are driving age. Um, in other cases, it's parties, just parties period, because there's a sale opportunity down the road for them to put your 15 year old into a policy. Um, well, I thank you so much for doing this again today. And maybe there's another not right. We'll let everybody absorb these two episodes, but please, please, please get with your agent. If you're banking, I mean, if you're doing it all online, can they call somebody at the Who's always, I see commercials, Geico, can they call and say, hey, I need somebody to read through these lines with me. And they need, I mean, you need to understand this. So if you don't have somebody you could sit in front of, can they call the 800 number and say? Yeah, on these online, um, they're difficult. But yes, get an 800 number to the uh, to the corporate office and, and let them know that you want to go through your policy so that you have a better understanding of it and get that documented too. Perfect. Well, I thank you so, so much for this. And you've given me a lot of clarity the the, the past two episodes. And I definitely own <laughs> my stuff with a fine tooth fine tooth comb because it's not just one big kitchen sink. It's, it's holy cow, all the stuff that goes with it. So thank you for your time and in explaining it in a way that I understand. And I hope that the listeners are understanding a little bit better because it can be overwhelming. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. I appreciate the opportunity, Kim. Congratulations to you. You only had 12 souls in that. <laughs> thank you. All right. Have, have a my great friends. rest of your day. You have a fabulous day and everybody else stay safe, make good choices, stay inspired. And we will be back next week. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can. 